Welcome to this episode of CEO Perspectives, a signature series by the Conference Board. CEO Perspectives are conversations that take an objective, nonpartisan look at a range of subjects that matter most to business leaders. I'm Steve Odlin from the Conference Board and the host of this series. And in today's conversation, we're going to discuss the state and the trajectory of the U.S. labor market. What's going to happen with layoffs? What industries are most at risk? And what should CEOs keep in mind as they consider layoffs? You are listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board. Joining me today is Frank Stamers, the Senior Economist here at the Conference Board. Frank, welcome. Great. Thank you, Steve, for having me today. So, Frank, just you know, do a, a quick overview. You've got uh, new data that, uh, that your group has put together on the current state of the labor markets. What are you seeing? So currently, the labor market is still very robust. We started the year very strong, still very strong job growth. Even in March, we saw a little bit softer job growth, but still 250,000 jobs gained. That's still much stronger than we saw, for example, before the pandemic. In 2018, 2019, we were often in the range of 150 to 100,000 jobs added each month to the economy. So still much stronger. Labor shortages, that's still the main thing that employees are very worried about. Job openings still very high, quits still very high. Wage growth, a little bit softer than it was a year ago, but also still stronger than it was before the pandemic. So overall, still a robust labor market. Layoffs overall low, although we start to see some cracks uh, in the U.S. labor market. Yeah, Frank, you can't pick up a newspaper or you know turn on a, turn on a computer without seeing you know, another 10,000 people being laid off. And it seems like every tech company has gone through it. So, you know, you have this impression that, you know, there's massive layoffs and the market's falling apart. But what you're saying is just the opposite. Currently, I'm indeed still saying the opposite. We do expect that job growth will start slowing towards the end of the year. We're also still projecting to see monthly job losses uh, starting in the second half of this year. This, of course, related to what we at the conference board are still expecting to happen to the U.S. economy, the U.S. economy to fall into a short and shallow recession. Um, this, of course, related to what the Federal Reserve is doing, rapidly re- raising interest rates. At some point, we expect that this will have an impact also on the U.S. labor market. So when we look at our forecast, we do expect that the unemployment rate is expected to go up to around 4.5% by early 2024. And this will likely go together with around one, maybe 1.5 million job losses still. Compared to previous recessions, not that high. During After the Great Recession, we went up to almost 10% unemployment rate. COVID-19 recession, almost 15% unemployment. So 4.5% is not that bad. No. So this, this is a really important point that you're making, which is that every recession is different. This recession is one that likely they were projecting to be triggered mostly because of the Federal Reserve Bank and its increase of the discount rate. And they're doing that to dial back inflation. So essentially, they're trying to hit you know, their 2% inflation goals. And as a result, by, by raising the discount rate, it's, it's making debt more costly. And so companies are having to dial back mm-hmm. the labor. So that's really different than a financial crisis or a pandemic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so you see the dynamics change, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The dynamics really change. So this is also what we are expecting to see that in this recession, it will again be different than other recessions. So some industries will be at more risk than at other times and other industries may actually be doing better compared to previous recessions. 
Yeah. And so going from, you know, where are we today? 3.4, 3.5% unemployment to uh, the projection of four and a half that, you know, and at one point, it doesn't sound that bad. You know, at one point we thought four, four and a half was full employment. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. <laughs> but for those people who are impacted, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Of course, job losses are never, uh, it's never great for anyone. Uh, so we, it should still be taken very seriously, but still overall, if we're going to have an unemployment rate only going up to four and a half percent, a short and shallow recession, hopefully not not that much longer. I think overall it would be something good for the economy and for employees uh, who have starting to have a much stronger position in the U.S. labor market. Now you you mentioned that we, you know there's still our labor shortages and and you know you've written about this in the past that a lot of this is being driven by specific skill shortages. Talk about where the shortages are from a skill set standpoint. So when we look specifically at skills and I, and what you can then do is like look specifically at which jobs do we see, especially having a lot of shortages. It are many healthcare related jobs. So think about dentists, think about um, just physicians, think about respiratory therapists, home health aides, especially in the healthcare sector and just generally healthcare skills. We have, of course, a U.S. population that is rapidly aging. They need a lot more healthcare services. So there we see big skill shortages. Of course, also technology. Technology is, of course, rapidly changing as well. On the other hand, we see that many young people are entering now these these fields of education. So more people now start already with data science. So yes, these skills are maybe rapidly developing. Always a shortage there, but also a lot of people who are very interested in learning these skills. So there are also shortages in, you know, the construction trades, electricians, carpenters, you know, those, you know, so, you know, the typical uh, skill sets there uh, require long training and experience, but we're, we've got a shortage there. We got a big shortage there. And it's also, of course, driven by demographics. We see that many of these baby boomers are exiting the labor force. Often they had these very uh, important skills. However, now we see, on the other hand, a lot of young people entering the U.S. workforce much more often now with a college degree, and they are less interested now to work in these uh, trade occupations. So this is just causing that we are getting fewer and fewer people for the employees that are looking for these construction workers and other trade workers. Yeah, so you see a lot of businesses saying, "Hey, you know, we don't we don't need to be spending all this money on college education, driving all this level of debt. Um, you can have a great." Uh, career and a you know great salary you know in these in, in these skilled trades that uh, that we need uh, so it's a it's a really different kind of a story you know as now everybody's rushed to to college so um, you know really really interesting story there's also a geographic overlay to this too right there, there's certain areas of the U.S. that are uh, that are have more shortages than others right I think what you especially see is if I compare the pre-pandemic employment levels with what we're seeing today. We see, for example, that in metro areas, so think about DC, New York City, they still haven't returned to their pre-pandemic employment levels. And this is, of course, that because a lot of people are still working from home. So if they're not commuting to the, to the city, you also need fewer people working in the city to um, work in these restaurants, work in the hotels. Uh, so we do see a shift from city centers more towards the suburbs. 
We also see some longer term trends that, for example, in Idaho, in Utah, there has been very strong employment growth, um, of course, also related to strong population growth uh, in these states, and then also a shift from people living in California, working in California, and now moving to Texas. So there we see also some shifts on the regional level. Yeah, and, and from the Northeast to Florida, so some of these lower mm -hmm. tax, warmer states. You've just uh, issued a new report on the job loss risk index. Talk about that. Right. What, what we wanted to understand is if we're going to fall into recession, if we're going to have job losses, where are we going to see these job losses? We, of course, we're often asked by our members, employers, okay, we're going to have an increase in employment rate, but what does it mean for me? What does it mean for my industry? What does it mean for my competitors? So that is why we wanted to come up with an index to understand the unique dynamics of this recession. Again, this recession is again different. Um, and we wanted to come up with a tool that business leaders better understand um, their exposure and that they can also make strategic decisions uh, in anticipation of potential job losses. And so what does the uh, this, this new index show? So what the index shows is that we have the tech sector at the highest risk of job losses, uh, at the lowest risk of job losses, we have healthcare, educational services, federal government. Um, important to understand though is why do we see these dynamics? And that is because of the six factors that we're including in this index. So firstly, we have already talked a lot about labor shortages, but the exposure of the industry to labor shortages is going to be very important. If you're having a lot of labor shortages, you're going to try to hold on to your workers. Think about healthcare. Then we include sensitivity to monetary policy. So this is one of the reasons why we still think that construction is at a higher risk of job losses, even though today they're still adding jobs um, because the Federal Reserve is rapidly increasing interest rates. And we think that that is going to drive uh, job losses in this recession. We include an indicator for education. Often employees try to hold on to their workers with higher education longer. They often uh, see the unemployment rates increase not as fast compared to people with lower educational attainment. But education is not going to be the only determinant. Then on top of that, we look at the state of the pandemic recovery. For example, Lesion Hospitality, it hasn't returned yet to pre-pandemic level. On the other hand, we see information services, we see transportation and warehousing industries that maybe have overhired. So maybe there's actually correction due there. Then we have longer term, longer term uh, trends in labor demand. And then lastly, we also just look at the age composition. Some industries, again, lease and hospitality, they have a lot of younger workers and often they are the first to lose their job. Yeah, so you know, a little, this is really interesting to, to think about. And, and you said this, there's, there was a big impact here in the pandemic, 10, you know, over 10 million jobs lost, but certain industries were just shut down. Leisure and hospitality was one of them. The restaurants closed, the hotels closed, there was no travel, airlines. So a lot of layoffs there. And, and as they build back, and you said they're not back yet, that, that growth is continuing today, but long-term it should normalize versus an industry like uh, healthcare, which has a very long-term trend that should continue uh, that growth going forward, right? So a little bit of this is the pandemic, um, you know, I guess return versus mm -hmm. other industries and other jobs where it's a long-term trend. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. This is also why we included both a labor demand gauge of the pre-pandemic trend, 
to capture these industries, what you were talking about, that just have a long-term trend with more and more hiring. But we also include the trend after the pandemic to kind of see where is there still some pent-up demand. Now, tech is just sort of an anomaly here because, you know, the, the tech industry just boomed here um, during mm -hmm. the pandemic as the whole world had to shift to virtual, as all commerce needed to shift to uh, e-commerce uh, and, and delivery and so forth. And so the tech jobs went like crazy and, and these companies were just scrambling to keep up. So now there's a little bit of a correction in tech and these are the layoffs that you write about. However, what you said is that long-term, the tech trend should continue because that's that's gonna, so this, is, this looks like it was a bubble, you know, there's a little bit of a trough and now it, it should go back to long-term trend. That would indeed be my expectation as well. Yeah. I think yeah. they've likely overhired. They now need to do some more layoffs. Um, but say once we're going to fall into recession, but after that are going to grow again, maybe the Federal Reserve will at that point not have these very high interest rates anymore. So then it will bode better for the tech sector. Yeah, what, you know, and so you know, your advice for businesses is that you got to be careful about layoffs here because especially for these these areas where you're going to, you know, it's. It, it, okay, so you need to adjust because you overhired a little bit, but maybe they're better off sort of getting, you know, keeping their best people and not doing the layoffs and trying to keep as many as possible so that you can cut expenses elsewhere so that they can get through it and have the people they need to really get growth going again. Right. Again, labor shortages, labor shortages, labor shortages, especially. And, and, in, those, and in those specific yeah. skill sets. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. in 2019, we already had a tight labor market, but what we have been seeing over the last two years, the labor shortage was so much more severe than anybody had expected. Um, and a lot of employees have just noticed how expensive it was to actually find these people again. When we look at wage growth, it has been so much stronger than it has been for such a long time. Um, and yeah, this is just emphasizing again, especially if it is going to be a short and shallow recession, maybe try to hold on to some of your workers more than you would have done maybe in previous recessions, because once the economy starts growing again, you may very well need these workers very quickly again back into your workforce. Right. And if, okay, so a year from now, you, you need these people and they go, well, you just did layoffs. So if I, I maybe I don't want to come to your company because it's too risky because, uh, you know, so you mm -hmm. damage the culture and you damage maybe future prospects too. So you got to keep all of this in mind, uh, you know, CEOs, CHROs, they need to keep all this in mind as they make decisions today that are short. Yeah. I think you have to just keep in mind that employers have had, more power in the labor market than employees for a longer time. Um, of course, when we see that the labor market is tightening, that always shifts on them dynamics to the employee. But again, when we are thinking about the labor shortage and that is going to last at least for the next decade, then we also know employees just have, yeah, have stronger negotiation power. Yeah. We're discussing the state and trajectory of the labor market. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. What does the future of work mean for your employees? How will your company navigate ESG? Will there be a global recession? At the Conference Board, our experts translate the latest research and economic analysis into insights and real-time problem solving for your organization. Membership at the Conference Board provides your team with an assortment of knowledge from economics, marketing and communications, ESG, public policy, and human capital. As a member, you'll have access to our center experts, member-exclusive events, data and benchmarking tools, 
and peer sharing that will help you understand the present and shape the future. Consider becoming a conference board member today by visiting www.conference-board.org. Welcome back to CEO Perspectives. I'm your host, Steve Odlin from the Conference Board, and I'm joined today by Frank Stamers, the senior economist here at the Conference Board. Okay, so Frank, we were talking about, you know, a little bit before the break about uh, which industries face the most and and the least um, risk of layoffs. Maybe talk a little bit more uh, about that. Right. So let me start with the industry at the top of our ranking, and that is information services. A little difficult to know exactly what is information services, but think about just a lot of tech employers are captured in this industry. We saw in the industry rapid employment growth, probably over hiring. Um, there was there was a very rapid adoption of technologies, of course, teleworking, e-commerce, distance learning. When the Federal Reserve started raising its interest rates, it didn't only mean that borrowing was getting more expensive, but also that investors were getting more cautious in where they were going to put their money. So of course, this was impacting tech, so layoffs already started there. Another industry ranked number two on our job loss risk index is transportation and warehousing. Um, what we often see in recessions is that consumers actually more careful about spending on discretionary items. So this is probably also going to impact transportation and warehousing. They probably overhired also during the pandemic. Um, and then on top of that, we also have seen that consumption has been shifting back from goods towards services again. Uh, on top of that, we often see in, in recessions that blue collar workers are harder hit. Yeah. So that's a, so, but again, this is a different flavor recession than, than past recessions. So some of that learning, yeah, it may be applicable this time, but, but, but it may not be, you know, you start looking at the shortages in units and housing and the need for, you know, for more housing and boy, I don't know if that construction jobs are, are going to taper off or not. It's a very interesting sector to look at. We have been definitely watching construction over the last months. There were still job gains in construction. We still expect job losses to start uh, later this year. Probably there were still uh, projects that just had to be finished up first. Um, but with the housing market really being much weaker than it was a year ago, construction often being impacted more by rising uh, higher interest rates, my expectation would still be that construction is also going to be hit harder this recession. Yeah, well, it. Uh, so which industry don't have to worry? So we already talked about it a little bit, but it's of course healthcare, uh, education, yeah, uh, yeah. federal government. These are all industries that have always been less cyclical, so less impacted by upturns, downturns uh, in the US economy. Um, and that is what we're go also going to be expecting this time. Um, healthcare, again, if there's an aging population, there are a lot of healthcare services needed. And healthcare is, of course, not very discretionary. If you need, um, need to be checked up on, uh, you need medical services, then that is something that you will continue to get uh, a recession or not. Yeah, and, and so the other implication is, is wage growth. And you, you mentioned this a little bit uh, in, before the break, but you know, wage growth has been driving inflation and inflation has been driving wage growth. It's sort of a, mm -hmm. a, a circular deal here. But um, do you, you know, how do you see 
the changes, you know, again, it's a short, shallow recession, but it's sometime between now and the end of the year. And, and you know, this little correction in, in the job market, do you see wages normalizing? What I see happening to wages is that it will continue this gradual downward trend that we have been seeing over the last few quarters. Downward However, trend in growth. In downward growth. trend in growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, thank you for emphasizing that. Um, However, I don't see it going back to pre-pandemic uh, growth rates. And that is simply because if the, if it's going to be a short and shallow recession with an unemployment rate only going up to 4.5%, that is still telling us that labor shortages is a problem for employers. So they will continue to put more money uh, into hiring workers. Um, and this will also be one of the points that the Federal Reserve is going to be watching because if wages or wage growth will not be coming down as fast, it will likely also be more difficult for them to bring down inflation. So pre-pandemic, we were growing in wages by what, two to three percent? So yeah. Mm -hmm. after this, what after this recession, what do you see? So three I, to four? I think three to four. And if we're going to have a, a strong economy again, maybe it goes up again. And we're going to have a similar dynamic as we see today, wage growth going up too fast, inflation going up again, and the Federal Reserve starting to raise its interest rates again. The interesting thing, though, is that with with uh, it, with uh, inflation down close to one percent, two to three percent was had real wage growth. Now you've got wage growth that is higher, four to five percent, four call it yeah, four to five percent, but you've had inflation that is you know six percent. So therefore, there's actually a decline in in real wages, even though it looks like the numbers are higher. I think. And I think employees get kind of, you know, a, a little, um, you know, out of sorts on this because it's not an easy concept to understand, except when you then go to the grocery store, mm -hmm. and you can't afford the food. But, you know, I, I it, it is an interesting thing, you know, what is normal and, you know, what, what will normal become? And, and the important thing for, for employees is, is real wage growth. Exactly. That, that is what they're looking at. We should keep in mind, though, that if wages are rapidly rising, when inflation comes down, it is not necessarily employers that then also quickly start pulling back on wages. Wages have been rapidly rising, maybe in part because of inflation, but I think mostly because of labor shortages. Uh, from the employer perspective, we know when they are thinking about the salary increases that they're giving to their employees, Inflation is just one of the components. They have to take a lot of other things into account. And when inflation is very low, they're also not asking employees not to accept any raise. So even if there's going to have zero inflation, wages may continue to go up in the company. So there, there's going to be that dynamic. Sometimes inflation is stronger than wage growth, sometimes inflation lower than wage growth. Right. Any other interesting um, points that have come out of your uh, your analysis and uh, you know on the job loss uh, risk index that you'd like to share? I think overall, I would say it shows again some of the industries that you would expect to have higher job losses in a recession. Think about construction. But on the other hand, you have leisure and hospitality, probably an industry uh, that is going to have fewer job losses this recession because it is not yet back to its pre-pandemic level. Um, and I think that this just that points out again that this recession is different than another re yeah. recession that we had in the past. Yeah, and your 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 advice, I think, for employers is really really important. Maybe you don't want to do the layoffs that you've done in the past. Maybe you want to, even though it's you know your 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 earnings are down because your costs are up. 
maybe that's not the place. And, you know, if you have to, you have to really sort this by, by skill sets, because you have to be able to come through this thing and be positioned for growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Employees should just think about the efforts and, and resources they have really put into rehiring these people over the last two years. Think about that when we're going to enter uh, the projected recession that we're still expecting. And the training costs and all of that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Frank Stamers, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, great. Thank you, Steve. And thanks to all of you for listening in to CEO Perspectives. Please share CEO Perspectives with all of your colleagues, with your friends, with your relatives. I know they'll want to listen. I'm Steve Odlin, and this series has been brought to you by the Conference Board. You have been listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board.